0: Hello, welcome to Performance Anxiety. We analyse the film, television, theatre and comedy performances that everybody is talking about. I'm Alex Dale and with me is my resident film expert,
1: Dr. Maren Thurm.
0: On this special minisode, we wanted to talk about Megan, directed by Jared Johnston and starring Alison Williams as Gemma, Ronnie Cheng as David, and in a small but significant role, Millen Baird as police detective <laughs> how are you doing
1: i'm good i mean you mean m 3
0: m 3 of course yes if the orthography of the posters is to be <laughs> taken at face value it should be pronounced m 3
1: m 3 yeah i was very intrigued by this film because in the trailer it promised a good experience of the uncanny or an uncanny performance
0: so but... it's being sold as i think a horror film or, or a horror comedy maybe
1: Yes, so the idea of a robot going awry.
0: Haywire, hey it's, hey. clas- it's a classic of its genre, yeah. right?
1: So the children's toy, the doll, Megan is built uh, for a grieving child. And it takes its role of protection far too seriously. Mm
0: -hmm. The idea of a creepy doll is the key thing here. And that's what we thought we may have something to talk about or maybe analyze. Yeah,
1: the idea of an Uncanny performance. So The Uncanny is, of course, famously an essay by Freud, Das Unheimliche, from 1919, in which he explores the idea of the subconscious and how we experience things that should be familiar as... When we when we encounter it later on, how it's, we've become defamiliarized with it and it's upset. Oh.
0: So it's kind of weird and alien Yeah, it
1: upsets us a little bit. And so he wants to talk about how the subconscious works while we're not, while we do other things like growing up.
0: Why are things strange to us exactly. that should be familiar?
1: Yeah, how this experience of being upset or unsettled by it is part of how the subconscious works.
0: Nice, okay.
1: This idea was picked up again in 1970 by a roboticist called Masahiro Moti. And he talks about the uncanny valley. And so he p- talks about how robots have this effect on humans because they are, are like humans, but they're not quite humans and make us feel uneasy when we see them because they should be a bit human, and but they're not. And we feel weird about it.
0: The important thing for us, insofar as we're talking about this film, is there wasn't an awful lot of this effect on display, on the screen, for us to analyse or talk about.
1: Exactly. I think we should come back to it when there's a better film about it. Yes. It was just a creepy doll and was not very uncanny.
0: Mm-hmm. What we did pick up on, though, was maybe a small thing that relates to one of our other episodes. In Bros, we were talking about casting comedians in particular roles, and we thought there were some good examples of this same thing happening in this film, but in a far more successful way. What was it about the casting of comedians in this film, comedians and improvisers probably, that was interesting and worth talking about very quickly?
1: So here we have a film that is a satire and it works because you cast comedians in roles that really highlight the absurdity of the the film and its subject. So the subject is not about an AI going wrong. It's about... Um, Parents not being taking responsibility for bringing up their children. It's a parody on or it's a satire on contemporary parenthood. So on, they, the,
0: on the inadequacies of contemporary parenthood.
1: Yeah, so all the parents in the film are terrible. They outsource the bringing up of their child to either the internet or leave them to themselves, or in this case, they bring in a robot to bring up the child.
0: And one role in particular I think really epitomizes this, which is Ronnie Chang playing David. The, bo- <laughs> the boss of this robotics—he's actually a boss of a toy firm. Yes, but he's in charge of Gemma, who's the inventor, right?
1: So he's a n- neurotic, angry, uh, driven boss. Uh, Immediately
0: recognizable arch- ar- archetype is the asshole boss.
1: Basically. Asshole boss, who's of course uh, in, you know in charge of a toy factory, which is of course already funny, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Point being that Ronnie Chang is, first of, uh, first of all, a comedian rather mm. than an actor. So the way he relates to you is, as an audience is different, right?
1: Very much so. We were talking about how in Bros, the casting of an actor in a role that requires an emotional depth did not work. But here, the performance of comedians in these roles, although it's not a comedy, it's very much necessary for the message to get across and for our enjoyment to work.
0: What you're saying in a nutshell is that Megan M-, M-, Thregan, M-, Thregan. M. Thregan is a satirical movie, first and foremost. And casting comedians in particular roles really helps you understand the kind of characters th- that you're dealing with. You don't need emotional depth. You need arch- big, broad archetypes almost.
1: Archetypes who then really pick out on the absurdities of contemporary parenthood because they're absurd.
0: Or in this case, bosses or even absurd policemen. Shout out to melon Bad who delivers probably the funniest line in the film. Thank you for listening to this special Minnesota performance anxiety. If you would like to hear more analysis of what it means to cast comedians in dramatic roles, please listen to our episode about bros, where we explore this idea in a lot more depth. It would mean a lot to us if you were to like and subscribe. We're available wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to spread the word. Till next time.